Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. This is a podcast where Rob and I look at local stories from around the UK. We look at kind of funny, strange, amusing, unusual, weird, banal stories from across the UK and occasionally the world because we do get listener-submitted stories uh, and we feature one of those every week on our Listener Story of the Week. And if you want to hear our Listener Story of the Week, then wait till the end of the podcast. If anybody is noticing that my voice seems a little different than normal, it's because I've got a very sore throat then. I'm really trying to muddle through. I'm having to sit especially close to the microphone, so uh, that's why. You do sound slightly hoarse, if you don't mind me saying. Right. Not in a, in a... No way! Yeah, I get it, Rob. Okay. Rob, we, we have to, of course, comment. I mean, we're recording today on the um, 13th of May. Yeah. Um, and in between... We were meant to record last week, but you couldn't make it. No. Um, for various reasons. Legitimate reasons. Yeah. But in between this podcast and the last, we, of course, had the general election. Um and How much time do you want to spend on this? <laughs> uh, not well. I don't think we should spend much, Rob, because we'll no. be here all night. But uh, any, any thoughts? Any feelings? Well, the depression's only just lifted, but then with obviously the new policy announcements, it's starting to descend again. Right. Um, devastated. Now, I mean, I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. literally struggling to get out of bed on the Friday with and on, on the train and. What I found myself doing, I was looking around the carriage trying to suss out who the cunts on, sorry, who the Tory voters on the carriage were. Well, it's interesting you say that, Rob, because you lead me to, you would have heard recently that David Miliband from his plush apartment in New York, because yeah. he runs some charity over there apparently, um, came out and gave a comment about everything where he basically pretty much insinuated that his brother Ed had done a very bad yeah, job and yeah. etc. But the quote that I liked most was, you know, we shouldn't blame the electorate. Um, that you know, this is you know, we didn't give them something they wanted to vote for. To what I want, and what I want to say to that is, no, no, we do need to blame the electorate. Yeah, I'm sorry, we do. They spend, were the one who voted for what they got. Yeah, yeah we um, do need to blame the electorate because there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there who, 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 um, apparently have just been in complete denial, wanted to believe that the Conservatives represent something which they obviously don't. And I think what's even more disgusting, that apparently in the, in in all the polls, the opinion polls leading up to the election were too ashamed to actually say they voted Tory, and then this one did it anyway. Well, that's one explanation for the discrepancy, Rob. Yes. There are other explanations, of course. But we don't have time to dwell on those now, Rob, because we've got to get on with the podcast. Yeah, there's a few items of business, I'll just say. Um, First of all, most importantly, we have an Instagram account. As we said last week, we're going to set it up. So it's now up and running. It's at LA Podcast, so exactly the same as Twitter, but on So now Instagram. I have to name that, and it's not on the business cards, Rob. No, the business not, cards no. you're taking photos of. Why didn't we think of putting that on the business card? Yeah, I should have thought about that. I was quite happy that we managed to get LA, uh, at LA Podcast. So if okay, yes, well done, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Credit, we're credit so, to you. We've only got one follower. Uh, that follower is me. Um, but uh, please go and follow us. And each week we feature. That's because nobody knows about it yet. Well, to be that's fair. it. That's it. Yeah. But tell people what the point of the Instagram because people are thinking this is a podcast. Why have you got an Instagram account? So reveal the reason why. They're nude shots of Rob. They're not. Just in case anyone gets excited. Basically, these business cards are. Well, basically, they're me holding the business cards in different locations across the country. And we want you, the listener, to try and guess. Where I am this And week. I didn't have a fucking clue for the first one. I think people will really like this. You've got to guess where it is. And, and, and so what, they email us in? Or they uh, can emails, they say it they on the Instagram? They can comment on the Instagram, yeah. Um, so you've got the first picture up. So we want people to guess and yeah, tell us where, where, where is that? Yeah, exactly that. And what I'll try and do is make sure there's a new picture each week. So and I'm what do they get if they get it right? Nothing. Will they just get a mention Literally on the podcast? Fuck all. No, yeah. but they get a mention on the podcast. Yeah, get a mention on the podcast, yeah. And, and, and that, is a, that is prestigious. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Absolutely. And please, no abuse. <laughs> um, 
Also, just a few more orders of business. Uh, Parker, thank you for the story. It will feature, um, but we've had, I don't know what it is this week, we just had this deluge really, of stories. I'm really ha- pleased. Well, I know what it is, Rob. It's everybody's depressed about the election and they're trying to find some way to brighten the mood. Yeah. But um, I, I really appreciate the fact that Parker in Virginia has got in contact with, Absolutely. with us. And also, just to say that um, Kyber has posted the trailer. Hang to on a minute, Som- Kyber, because we haven't heard from Kyber or Steve in ages. So are they back now? We've heard from both. What, our roving, our roving Eagle Heights correspondent Steve from Derby? Back, but all I can with say Eagle is Heights news? We'll come on to that later. Oh, right, okay. okay. Go back to Kyber, though. He's just posted on the uh, Facebook page. Fuck and, off, wankers. And, no, luckily. Um, a trailer to Zombievers. So if you want to see the horror film that we featured, as, which is about freaking zombie beavers... Hang on a minute, I don't understand. We had a story from Virginia ages ago about a freaking zombie beaver, which yeah. was a real story about a beaver which attacked a woman, died and came back to life as a zombie beaver. This is a true story. Yeah. I don't remember the... Oh, yeah, there was a story, second story, wasn't there, that somebody's making a film about zombie beavers. Yeah, it came out last year. Right. And Kyber has posted the trailer on our website. So if you want to see the trailer to zombie beavers... How did he post... How did he, how did he hack into our website? Well, you can post on our website, Alec. Uh, sorry, on the Facebook page. I do apologize. Ah. Um, so if you'd like to go and see it, please go ahead and uh, let us know Is what you think. Is the good? I haven't watched it, to be honest. <laughs> well, why not? I've been busy. Right, well, <laughs> fucking watch it then. I will. I will. I will, um, I'll, I'll comment or some shit like that. Right. Well, okay, good. Uh, Rob, that's... On with the podcast. On with the podcast. I'm really pleased about your enthusiasm there. Right, so... This is the only politically themed story I'll have, Rob, but it's okay. from the New Shopper, Saturday 9th of May, the day after the worst day in my living memory, um, which was Friday. I, I can't remember, did I mention it last week that, that Andy Parks had been in contact with us about um, Shopper Gold? You weren't here last week, Rob, because no, I wasn't, you, you so abandoned maybe I didn't. Me. I do no, apologise. Yes, another bit of business. Yeah, another bit of business. You're I know interrupting there's, there's my There's a lot this week, and I, I'm really sorry for interrupting, but... Andy Parks very kindly tweeted us. Andy Parks, who is? The editor of The New Shopper, uh, the infamous Andy Parks, um, to say that if anyone is in the local area and would like a pint of Shopper Gold, which is being made to celebrate, is it the 150th anniversary? No, 50 years, Rob. 50. I haven't been around 150 <laughs> right, years. Okay. 50 years. But if anyone the, the, wants... The, the beer that you said sounds like Tramp Brew, which it does. It Shopper does. Gold. Yeah, it does. It really does. And there's no way, there's no two ways about that. But if anyone does fancy it, they're all, if you go onto our Twitter page, I've retweeted it so you can find out what pubs are serving this Tramp Brew speciality. Nice of him to get in contact. Yeah. Can I feature my story now, Rob? Of course you can. Saturday 9th of May, Hattie Collier, who, to be honest, the more I look at her, looks like a Conservative. (laughs) But to be fair, a new shopper have been reporting a lot of Labour success, because, of course, we live in London, and London has mainly voted Labour, because the people of London are sane, (laughs) by and large. (laughs) And the, the, the headline is, Labour holds as Matthew Pennycook, Clive Efford and Theresa Pierce elected. Um, mirroring events in neighbouring Lewisham, Labour held on to three seats across Greenwich, adding to the party's success across the capital. So this is a rather boring story, Rob, as you're probably thinking. I'm not going to read it all out. I want to read out one thing. Two things. In Eltham, Labour's Clive Efford beat the Tory candidate by 2,693 votes and managed to increase his majority by 1,030. Mr Efford held the smallest majority in South East London and North Kent last time round. In his speech, Mr Efford criticised candidates... This is the Labour winner, right. who had used war memorials in the area as part of their campaign. <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. 
and you know probably who those would have been the Tories and UKIP probably yeah, yeah, he yeah. said it's an ex- he said it's extraordinarily unfortunate the war memorials and commemoration of our war dead was used as a political argument in this election there are some things that are sacred in my mind and that should not be used for that purpose I feel let down by it I'm angered by it and I just cannot let this moment go without a comment that I hope we will never see it again here here yeah, um, it's disgusting. Yeah, 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 it is. But this is the bit I want to read, Rob. It's only for one line, which I really enjoyed. Former councillor Matthew Pennycook predictably earned a 52.2% share of the vote in what is considered one of the safest Labour seats across South East London and Kent. This is Greenwich and Woolwich. Fantastic. Um, Tory candidate Matt Hartley came in second with 12,438 votes, a 26.6% share, followed by UKIP's Ryan Acty in third place with 3,888 votes. Before the results, Mr. Hartley... Now, which one's Mr. Hartley? Mr. Hartley is the Tory guy, right? Okay. Who came second. Told you, Shop, he had no idea how the result would go, but was delighted with the campaign. He said, it's been terrific. I've enjoyed every minute. I got selected a year ago. I've spoken to thousands of people, and we've had ten hustings. Speaking to new shopper, Greenwich Council Deputy Leader John Fahey said he was extremely confident of a Labour victory in Woolwich and Greenwich. Councillor Fahey also revealed that he had made a full recovery following a dog attack whilst he was out campaigning. <laughs> He said, the injury is fine now, and the dog's dead as well. (laughs) Voter turnout was 63.7%. That's the end of that story. I I really hope there was just a picture of him strangling this dog. But what a a, a a thing to say. There was, I understand dog's dead, but you know, it's good. We're confident about the election, and the dog's dead as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, literally, there's two positives there. Yeah, there are. Um... And I guess if the dog is a metaphor for all that's good and compassionate and democratic about our society, then it's a fitting metaphor because the dog truly is dead, Rob. Yeah. Um, another story that I would like to read out, Rob. Two very short stories. This is one of the most ridiculous stories a new shop has ever featured. Okay. It's by Jamie Micklethwaite, who must be wondering why he bothered to news and <laughs> join the new shopper. Right. From the 5th of May 2015... Grumpy tree outside Blackheath Hall, scaring residents and sapping life out of the park. <laughs> you are going to see a picture. Sorry, I thought I could have sworn you just said grumpy tree. I did. Right. Good name for a band. Yeah, yeah. Would you believe it? A grumpy tree has been scaring residents of Blackheath. Residents have complained that the tree is the root of all problems you get in the park. There's a few puns in there. And is sapping the life out of the park. Oh, another one. The tree was twigged by resident Nikki Garrett outside Blackheath Halls, who tweeted, Little wonders of nature spotted in Blackheath. Short walk from Greenwich. Grumpy tree. Smiley face. Earlier reports about the grumpy tree were dismissed as barking. Oh, Rob, there aren't any comments worth reading out, sorry. So I hope you're ready to see a picture of the most... Of the most... I don't know, I find this a deeply sinister tree and something that will, that haunt, haunted me in nightmares after I saw it. Do you think on So Newsweek's New Shopper literally just spends their time trawling Twitter with anything with, with a hashtag relating to their, their area? Yeah, yeah. Or possibly makes up stories. But this is a real one, Rob, okay. because here's the picture of the grumpy tree. <laughs> it, doesn't look, it doesn't really look grumpy. He looks a bit stoned, baby. Rob, look. Look at his face. That's his mouth. Yeah, very no, unhappy. I can Those see. are his eyes. Rob, do you but he not looks find... like he's sticking his tongue out. Uh, oh, I hadn't taken it as a tongue. But Rob, that is it's hideous. Yeah, it it's is. A, Rob, I've never seen a more gnarled tree in my life. But Alex, at the same time, the tree hasn't intentionally grown like that. We don't know that, Rob. It might be a grumpy tree. Um, if anybody wants to see the picture of that, because it is really worth looking at, it does look like something out of a Disney film. It does, yeah. I agree uh, the headline is Grumpy Tree Outside Blackheath Halls. Just stick that in. Grumpy Tree Outside Blackheath Halls. New shopper into Google, and Google will do the rest. 
for you. It reminds me of when you used to go to Milton Keynes Shopping Centre. I didn't used to go to Milton Keynes Shopping Centre. No, I'm talking about myself. Right, um, why do you say you then? Okay, when I used to go to the Milton Keynes Shopping Centre, yeah. um, there used to be this uh, children's uh, attraction, I suppose you could call it, and uh, what it used to do, it had like a little, um, if you can imagine this, there was a tree, and then it had like this little sort of faux astroturf, and you had like logs that you, the tree used to sit down. It used to sit, and then the tree used to, uh, it, was an, it was an animatronic tree that used to tell stories and sing to the children. That sounds absolutely frightening. It was terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. It wasn't donated by Jimmy Savile, was it? Okay. Can you imagine? Nice the Savile tree. <laughs> <laughs> the Savile singing tree. Just check out what's happened to it. They might have chopped it down. It has gone since. I must. Well, I have to say, Rob, you didn't notice anything about where I live. Over there, there was a big tree that they've come and taken. Literally, they haven't just pruned it. it. The whole thing's been chopped down. I don't know. It's a massive slightest. tree just removed. Rob. Sorry, Alex. I didn't notice. Anyway. Uh, last story, Rob. New shopper celebrating 50 years. This story is unbelievable, Rob. It's another Jamie Micklethwaite short classic. Brilliant. Like the last one. Has he taken over from... Um... Oh, right. Grafton Green. Yeah. Perhaps Patrick's on holiday. Mm. Confidential documents from Lewisham Hospital containing patient information found... Finish that sentence, Rob. Where were they found? On a bus. No. On a train. No. In a bin. No. In the Newcastle Sex Cinema. No. No, Next to a skip in Catford. Brilliant. <laughs> I was close to a bin. Confidential reports from Lewisham Hospital Paediatric Department have been found fly tip next to a skip. Brilliant. A member of the public who was asked to remain, who was asked to remain anonymous found the documents in a disgusting mess next to a skip off Rutland Park. The documents included confidential information on specific patient illnesses, information on prescriptions, as well as infection control checklists. Um, confidential information, specific patient illnesses, and information on prescriptions as well as inf- infection control checklist. There's an episode title in there somewhere. Mm, definitely. Uh, 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 which would fit with the local anaesthetic name, because yeah. it's medical. <laughs> yeah. One document sent in the new shopper included details of newborn babies and their illnesses. That's horrific. A Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Trust spokesman said, we are very grateful to the member of the public who found these records and for drawing this to our attention. We've launched a full investigation into this incident. blah 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 I'm not going to bother, Rob, reading the rest of the story out. But, of course, I do want to show you the picture, because the reason I'm reading this story out... I really, really love this picture, Rob. So, this is where the documents were found. You take very good photos, Rob. I think this is up there with one of yours. Right. Describe for the listener. <laughs> That's all, um, Rob. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's, it's very reminiscent of the Tracy Emmons bed. Um, basically, it's uh, it's definitely a flight tip. So, you've got a... a, a an armchair that I'd, I'd usually associate with um, what are they called residential homes for the elderly yep. that kind of armchair next to what could be a, a single mattress and uh, what <laughs> looks like a, a suitcase and um, I'm guessing the records it's, oh there's a, there's a chest of drawers as well literally <laughs> left outside uh, what I'm assuming is probably council um, council looks like the corner of like a car park <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 Rob explain how all these confidential documents from Lewisham Hospital could have possibly ended up there I mean, what concerns me is that Lewisham Hospital put them there. <laughs> That's my most... Yeah, but how, how could such an event well, have taken place? Alex, we all know that the NHS is under strain and unfortunately right. incinerates... No, Rob, no. There's a lot of money, Rob. All those new nurses, all those new doctors. The Conservatives, Rob, have done an amazing job with the NHS. They've been supporting them. Yes. I so don't you dare say that. it's under strain. Okay, then maybe someone stole them. 
It's possible somebody's still... No, but what was your answer going to be? You were going to say that you just think they just said, oh, fuck this. I just think they can't, they can't afford to run the incinerator, so they just dumped it there and hope someone else to deal with it. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Yeah, this is from the non-Traitors Guardian. Or, do we need to to say that after the election? Because they came out in, in favour of... Uh... Oh, no, it's not, but it's more to do with the leaks by Snowden, wasn't it, really? So, yeah. still the non-traitorous Guardian. Uh, the story is by Douglas Patient, who I haven't heard of before. Mm. Uh, headline, Police Warning Over Aggressive Beggar in George Street, South Woodford. <laughs> Aggressive Beggar? Yeah. <laughs> a police warning has been issued over a beggar who has sworn and jeered at people whilst asking for cash and cigarettes. The Church End Safe and Neighbourhood team said it had received numerous complaints about a beggar in George Lane, South Woodford, over the last two weeks. Inspector, your neck of the woods. It is my yeah. It's not me. No, I'm just, just checking. I don't smoke. Um, Might have wanted to sell them on. Good point, yeah. I mean, in currency, I believe that cigarettes are often traded yeah. uh, in as uh, money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Inspector Lee Canton, who leads the team, said... We have had to deal with an, with an aggressive beggar in and around George Lane, who is now looking to have further action taken against him if this, persi- if this persists. If you are approached by anyone and asked for cash or cigarettes, then please drop the team in line. Unfortunately, the, the recent dry spell has brought out those who like to sit on the benches, dot around the ward, and drink until they become silly, and then just play rude or menacing. What a lovely way to talk about the intensely vulnerable. Yeah. They've come out in the hot weather. To drink until they become silly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these people aren't, aren't, don't have anything else to do. I mean, they're literally destitute, yeah. presumably. They're not choosing to be like that. No. It's not somebody who's got a four-bedroom four semi-detached. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't wake up. At, uh, that's not a conscious decision he's making every morning <laughs> to leave his house, to head to the off-licence, to buy some shopper gold, and then head down to the local bench. Maybe it's Andy Parks. <laughs> um, he, he carries on by saying, I don't believe many will have an issue with people... Um, I don't believe many will have an issue with people having a drink while they are out. Well, that's debatable. Uh, until we have an issue with those drinkers causing alarm or distress with other residents. Uh, we have had people sworn at and jeered as they walk past. It's a shame that the few in this case ruin it for the many. What an interesting way of looking at it. It's a sh- I understand. It's a shame that the few ruin it for the many. Is he saying the few tramps are ruining it, ruining the good name of tramps for the many? <laughs> No, he's saying that it's a shame that we have these aggressive beggars um, destroying the enjoyment that other people would normally take going on their strolls, Rob. Yeah. But I find that an intensely ironic statement. Yeah. Because the reason these people are in this position is because the few take everything at the expense of the many in society. Otherwise, you wouldn't have homelessness like this and people having to beg for beer and fags. But so for him to say that is quite extraordinary. Have he said once about the fact that these people are destitute and what they're going to do to support them? No, I think you may have overlooked that point. Right. So what does he hope to do with them? Just ship them off to, I don't know, the Isle of Wight? I think just pass them to the next borough. I hope right. they, they, they deal with it. Right, until it gets to the sea and then just... <laughs> just push them in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two comments. Um, Reinhold Cowboy says, the police just walk past his beggars anyway, so what's the point? Right. And uh, T-Rock simply says, it's Cameron's Britain, so... Better start getting used to it. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have put it better myself. Absolutely. Cameras Britain also sounds like a beer. The more upmarket version of Shopper Gold. <laughs> <laughs> have a pint of Cameron's Britain. Yeah. Looks very appetising, but ultimately it's just shit. Yeah. Piss. <laughs> Piss. I think, I think you're fine, Rob. Hello. For anybody who's interested, I am now sucking a throat sweet. So if you hear anything unusual in my voice, that's what it is. Are we recording now? 
Yeah. Well, oh, okay, right. Yeah. Is that okay with you? No, it's a nice insight for the listeners. I like it. Because mm. they'll probably hear it. This microphone is very sensitive, so that's that's all it is. Um, I mean, I can hear it from here, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, then the listener will hear it, Rob. True. Can we just leave this? <laughs> okay. Um, kind of following on from my story about the dumping of confidential documents. Similar kind of story, actually. But from the Bournemouth Echo. Right. By Jim Durkin. Good name. Headline. Did I say the date? 24th of April. Okay. A little while ago, because you weren't here last week. Headline. Who threw fridge freezer in front of train? Police <laughs> appeal for help to track down those behind totally reckless acts. <laughs> nice. Like it. Passengers were lucky to escape serious injury after a fridge freezer was hurled onto the railway line from pedestrian footbridge in Bournemouth, it has emerged. I mean, that is... That could have just caused carnage. Yeah, I think we need to get into a more in-depth discussion about this in a minute, Rob, when you have more detail. Okay. The driver of the London Waterloo to Poole service spotted the refrigerator but was unable to stop the train before smashing into it on Wednesday night, causing damage to the front of the train. British Transport Police, who described the incident as a totally reckless act, a totally reckless act that risked the safety of passengers and rail staff, which I like as an episode. Yeah, about to say that's strong. A totally reckless act that risked the life of whatever it is, have launched an investigation into the incident. Officers were called to the collision. Below the railway footbridge at the corner of Palmerston Road and St Clements Road at around 11.30pm. They say the train struck the refrigerator between 11 and 11.30pm. It's a big window of time. So Rob, just to put into context, somebody lobbed a a fridge freezer over a railway bridge at 11.30pm. Yeah, okay, that makes... In the dead of night. Well, I mean, if you're going to dump a fridge, that would, I mean, that, that would be the ideal time to do it, I would have thought. Sergeant Elwyn Jones of BTP Bournemouth said, We believe... The object was thrown. Listeners, if you wonder what that noise was, there's Alex pushing the sweet back into his mouth. We believe the object was thrown into the line from the Palmerston Road footbridge. This would have been no easy task. would have taken two or three strong individuals to lift it over shoulder-height railings. I want to hear from anyone who was in the air on Wednesday evening and saw anyone acting suspiciously. This was a totally reckless, reckless act that endangers the safety of rail passengers and staff. We're doing all we can to catch those responsible. The fridge exploded on impact and caused superficial damage to the front of the train. Exploded? Yeah. It's an exploding fridge, Rob. Well, I don't know. Is it, I'm sure, I think fridges can build up a... Uh, but with no electricity in it, you're saying it had some stored, some harvested in it. It's CO gas, it went, because that's what that's the whole thing. All right, Rob, don't get technical. Okay. Once the line was cleared, the, rain was able, the train was able to move off, but the drama caused delays throughout the evening. Um, anything else interesting in that story? At 9.05pm, London Waterloo... The, one, the, the London to Waterloo pool service approached the Palmerston Road footbridge. The driver noticed the object on the line but was unable to stop in time. The train struck the object and came to a stop further down the line. So, Rob, theory about what the fuck is going on in this story. Mm. What, what, what happened what, what, and why? It just sounds like someone was dumping a fridge. I didn't realise they were dumping it on the railway track or did and thought, fuck it. <laughs> I, think it um, I, I, I hope it's not the latter, but I, I assume it probably was. So you just think they went to a railway bridge and thought... Uh, like we need to dump it somewhere they just didn't think that if we do this on a railway line it could be dangerous I mean uh, yeah basically and why uh, didn't they just leave it near a skip or I don't know in a car park or, or don't bug it next to the uh, Lucian Carrison hospital records well but this is down in Bournemouth but they could have done it I mean this. it's a long way to go but even so no. I mean it could it could just be you know the, the youth of today getting up to their, their japes it's possible Rob comments Bournemouth bouncer said should have just left it in the street with all the others in that area <laughs> right. so obviously the area's a bit of a dumping ground yes, Pacer man said Skag City again nothing surprises me anymore not very nice Skag City again I quite like that phrase I'm not sure why 50 Rider says if they ever do catch them they should be charged with attempted murder you do not do something as stupid as this not knowing that lives are put at risk 
Would you do it as attempted murder? It's more, it more, if somebody did die, then it would be manslaughter. But it's not attempted murder, is it? What, you say that. There was, there was, um... Well, they tried to wipe out a, 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 a train load of passengers with a well, fridge. Well, no, no. If it was a deliberate act... You that, think it was, you a, you think it was IS, murder. do you? I mean, it might be manslaughter. You think it was IS, do you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm a, not a cell, a I'm cell down in Bournemouth with an explosive fridge. I'm not suggesting that Islamic State have a cell in Bournemouth. That the only the, the worst terrorist act they could possibly think of was dumping a fridge in a railway line. Yeah, it's a good, but one. it's possible. Seafaring man says they never caught the idiots who put a cement mixer on the line at Parkstone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a very elaborate comedy troupe. <laughs> As a result, the railway had to run old rolling stock the next morning, which resulted... Okay, this is serious. Which resulted in a higher degree of casualties in the Clapham Rail disaster. So he's saying that... Remember the Clapham Rail disaster? Leading up to that, somebody put a cement mixer on the line at Parkstone. As a result, the railway had to run old rolling stock the next morning, and that resulted in a higher degree of casualties in the Clapham Rail disaster. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's got kind of... Put a rather sombre mood over the story. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. good. That's all right, Rob, because I've got some funny comments. Rasta dude says, Wow, some fucking. Wow, some fuckwoods nick my fridge. Off you go, you bunch of humorless morons. Attack that. Oh, right. Sorry. No, I, need to... <laughs> I won't be down that comment. doesn't make any sense. Displayed says, Right, Rob, I think there's a great episode title in here. Okay. Simply says, Pathetic miscreants creating such. Pathetic miscreants living such a soulless life. They've got to find something to brighten up their dim existence. When caught, it should be attempted murder, endangering other rail users. Just throw the book at them, but not a fridge. Surely pathetic miscreants living a soulless life. <laughs> that's a fantastic... Uh, that has to be the episode title, I think. Yeah, that's you and me, Rob. Post-election blues. Good yeah. name for a, um, an album. Yeah, very Pathet- much so. The pathetic miscreants, post-election blues. <laughs> Let's brilliant. make it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'll get my guitar. Yeah. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us. You're telling me, you've, by the way, just as we were pausing there, you've got a headache. I've got a sore throat. Yeah, we're doing well. But we're, we're persevering, Alex. We'll, we'll keep pushing through yeah. for, the, for, the, for the, good of the, the good of the podcast. This is from the Gloucester Citizen. The Citizen. I mean, that's, that's more acceptable because there's no, you know, The Citizen. There we go. Uh, the story is by Ben Falconer. I'm not sure if he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the headline... Bomb squad seals off uh, Stroud rubbish dump. So very. Oh, is this, this confidential records have been found there from a hospital by any No, it's worse. Right. Or an explosive fridge? <laughs> no, no, not that either. Right. Um, bomb squad troops were sent to a rubbish dump after a grenade and a mortar shell were dropped off there. Right. So whoever dumped this fridge over the railway line also had a mortar grenade. And thought I won't drop those on the railway line. That could be dangerous. I'll dump them at the. I'll dump them in uh, Gloucester. Dump. Hey, what I love is. Did someone do, do you think someone actually just sort of turned up and said, yeah, I've got a few bits and pieces on this, don't they? And then just hand over this mortar shell and a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. AK-47, <laughs> rocket launcher. Ninja stars, flick knife. Some napalm. Yeah. Uh, police sealed Atomic off... warhead. <laughs> police sealed off Pike, Pike Quarry, uh, recycling centre, yeah, uh, in Horsley <laughs> yesterday afternoon, so the weapons could be even safely disposed of. Neither were alive, said... A, wait a minute. Neither were alive, said... A, I didn't read that before. If they weren't live, why do you need to deactivate them? I suppose they had to, they had to investigate Precaution, them. Precautionary. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, neither alive. Would you want to work on a dump if you knew there were a couple of grenades lying around? I wouldn't. No, that's a very good point, yeah. There's always that possibility, yeah. Yeah, even if you didn't know it's live, you just think, yeah, fuck If you're going to get blown up, you don't want to get blown up on a rubbish dump. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you've probably hit rock bottom if you're working on a dump anyway. 
But then to get blown up there? Somebody needs to work in a dump rob. You're right, you're right. Um, the site was evacuated and the gates locked while the explosion... Do you think people who work in a dump have a union? They must have their own union, working for better rights. And, and they're constantly working to say, we don't think our members should be subjected to working in rubbish. <laughs> but, that, but that is the nature of the job. Unfortunately, it's inevitable. Yeah. I have a feeling that I'm not part of... Because someone correct me, but I think they're part of the RMT. I'm right. sure Bimman have a union. They might even be unison, you know. Okay. God, that's depressing. Tom and Gloucester might know. Tom, if you me? do, you're a union. Is he a Bimman? No, no, but he would he, he, he would know about unions. Okay. I believe. Um, he might not anymore, but he should do. Right. The site was evacuated and the gates locked while the explosive ordnance disposal team dealt with the items. Uh, police recorded at 4.36 on uh, May 12 to report of an old grenade and mortar shell that uh, being brought into the Pipe Quarry Recycling Centre Horsey near Stroud. Blah, blah, blah. The items were removed, neither of which were live ordnance. That's the end of the story. I mean, as it goes... Explosive journalism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they should have. Did nobody comment that? <laughs> no, there's no comments. Of what a story from Gloucester there. I mean, that's that's. Is that all they've got post-election? That's the most interesting thing that's happened in that town. Hey, it's better than your fucking grumpy tree. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> okay, Rob. Let's let's please get this podcast over with. It's time for our listener story of the week. <laughs> That's not the way Alex, uh, attitude, Alex. We need to be positive about this. Although it's very difficult to do with the election results. Anyway, when we find ourselves in this absolute nightmare that is this country, um, we still need to, to occasionally take a short break from reality and uh, find ourselves a campsite. And this week, I've decided we're going to head into the wilderness of Essex and explore the beautiful, meandering countryside that is on offer. Because I think Essex gets a bad rap. I mean, if you ignore... Obviously, their their voting tendencies, which tend to be on the whole UKIP and the Conservatives, they actually has some very historic and some quite frankly stunning countryside. So this week we find ourselves in. Uh, can, can sorry, Rob, I really want to pick you up on something. Can countryside be historic? No, no. Well, the, the, the the county of Essex is historic. Sorry, well, isn't everywhere in the world historic? Because it's all been around for what is it six billion years? I think it is. Is yes, it six billion years? I think. But parts of Essex are mentioned. Is it six billion years? Universes they would think has been existing. So. Sure. Yeah, so everything is historic. But I, th- I mean, parts of Essex are mentioned. The Doomsday Book, obviously, it's one. It was one of the counties like Sussex, Wessex, Essex, and I think people tend to think of you know, Tarry and, and Joey Essex and think that that's all it has to offer. And I feel. Well, that I feel you mean. Okay. I'm, I'm sticking up for Essex as a county. Essex is cultural heritage. Exactly. Yeah. So this week, we're just in one of the beautiful countryside um, near to the Essex coastline. Uh, we have some very rolling hills in the background, and we are currently find ourselves... Well, I don't really want to camp out in the open. I like to feel sheltered. We out in the open? We are, yeah. Right. We're in a field of, of rapeseed. Mm, right. Uh, it, um, it's not related. Rob, I think there's some hospital confidential documents over there. Oh, yeah. There's a big stack of them. And the fridge, of course. Lucian will dump anywhere these days. That's yeah. disgusting. Can I just... Uh, this is a slight aside, right? When I was a kid, my dad took us to go see some uh, friends of the family who lived up in Northamptonshire. And they very kindly picked us up from the station, which is Wellingborough, if anyone cares. Anyway, we were driving back to their house, and there's quite... Uh, I won't say the name of the town, but quite a, a little backwater in the middle of nowhere. Why won't you say the name of the town? I don't think you're going to expose anybody, are you? No, okay, it's Rawns. So you well used to live. Pretty it's a fucking shithole. Right. 
Anyway. Rawns. Rawns. Ruins. Yeah. Sounds Welsh. It's, it, it was in the... Well, until, Get on with this, Rob. This story's going nowhere. Okay. Well, two things. It was in the Guinness Book of Records of having the, the, uh, the shortest zebra crossing in, in the world <laughs> until it was beaten. Um, anyway, so we were driving back uh, to or, towards the town and yeah. um, the, 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 the lady, who was quite elderly then, turned to me, who I was, I was sitting in the back of the car with her, and she went, so do you, do you get a lot, of, um, a lot of rape in your area? <laughs> And this was me as a 15-year-old boy. So, and I, I sort of like, um, I, I don't really know. And she was referring to the I've rape been a quick quiet recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've tried to tone it down a bit. She was referring to the rape seed, but... You get a lot of rape in your area. Would you, would you abbreviate really? that? No. No. Anyway, so here we are, this lovely field of, 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 of rape. And um, we've pitched our tent because the sun this is... Thing we should have done that, field of rape. It would have, would have been the best song, I think. <laughs> Yeah. As we walk in fields of rape. Well, we shouldn't be joking about something like this, of course. So, but we are talking about the seed, the whatever rape. We're talking rape seed, yeah, with the, the, the lovely yellow rape seed, which is in bloom at this time of year. But um, as we can see, the. Good name for an episode, Rob. The lovely yellow rape seed that's in bloom at this time of year. <laughs> do, you, do you like this as an episode? Maybe not a subtitle. Sure. Do I don't... we want rape in the episode? I don't know. No, possibly not. Uh, go anyway, look, as the sun begins to set. Over the, over the meandering hills, I'm cold. We still need, yeah, we need something to keep ourselves warm. I brought some um, some otter. Right, it's just otter. We need to gut it ourselves. We need to. We're gonna have to work. It's That's just, an awful lot of work. Yeah, then they're still alive as well. They're just in this sack, so you might have to drown. You haven't even killed them. <laughs> I don't. Can't bring myself to I, do it. I was telling you the week the Kit Kats are on offer, and you went these. Where did you, how did you get these? We can't live on the Kit Kats, Rob. I'll be honest. Yeah, but we can't live off those. They're still alive. <laughs> Otters have killed a man. Yeah. Allegedly. Anyway, look, before we can do that, we need a campfire. Ah, uh, that's better. We can, we can, uh, can we, we'll keep it burning with those confidential hospital files. Oh, good. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I suppose we can use the gases from the fridge if it really dies yeah. down. Yeah. Um, as we went to the top of the episode... Finally, Steve, you've been in contact. Well, what happened to him? I hope he's got an explanation because he was meant to be the journalist covering Eagle Heights. Now, if you're employed, contracted, you can't just go AWOL for weeks. So what happens? There right. might be a bloody good explanation. He's come back. From okay. where? And he, this is what he said. Has he gone to Gambia to see it personally? No, unfortunately not. Right. So, gents, hope you are well. My eye's been off the ball. Uh, sorry, my eye's been off the Eagle Heights ball a bit recently. I'm still keen to be the EH correspondent, though. <laughs> From oh, what God. I've read and heard, everyone's favourite multi-animal extravaganza is facing possible dark days. Yes, it is. Sad news. It I is. think we can agree with that. Yeah. What a better time, then, to kick off the PR offensive into high gear. Now, he sent us a link to the story, an Eagle Heights-related story. Um, I won't read what he says next, because I, I will cover it, but he just finishes, as always... Because he gave us the tagline, keep it local, Steve. Oh, he did? Yeah, it was Steve. To be fair, he gave us that and then disappeared. Yeah. So There are no royalties for that, but he he did give us the keep it local. He did. So this is from the Seven Oaks Chronicle. Right, sounds Um, intriguing. No journalist listed. I find that interesting because we had a story about a grumpy tree and this is Seven Oaks. Making me think of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So Seven Oaks, one of them would be grumpy, one of them would be happy, one of them would be all the rest of the names. That's tedious. I, 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 I found that interesting. Headline. <laughs> How have I missed this? This is the question. 
I don't understand why he agreed to do this. Vic Reeves hits new heights with Ainsford Bold Eagle double act. <laughs> How did I miss this? <laughs> Vic Reeves, uh, Vic Reeves, what Ainsford Bald Eagle double act, whatever that was, is, is the episode title, surely. Okay. Vic okay. Reeves will get us hits, Rob. Yeah, that's true. Oddball comedian Vic Reeves formed a new double act Oddball during comedian, a... is that what they're calling him? Yeah. Right. During a, vi- a flying visit to Eagle Heights on Thursday. Vic, best known as one half of Reeves and Mortimer, took a shine to Kayla, the Ainsford-based attraction's bald eagle. Who's also the mascot for Crystal Palace FC. Yeah, it does come on to say that. Hello, Kez, he says, as he looked at the Crystal Palace mascot. She's not called Kez, is she? No, but he's making a joke about Kez. Right, well, yeah. Kez, Kez, was Kez an eagle or a falcon? Uh, I thought it was a falcon. It was a peregrine falcon, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So. Um, they're not the same, they're bitter rivals. Yeah, yeah. Um... He said, "Look at us." So, hello, Kez. He said, looking at the Crystal Palace SE mascot of five years in the eye. She's actually quite heavy. I feel like I might accidentally drop her. He added, "I really like visiting this place. I love seeing all the different types of birds, and it's a great place to take the kids." So, bearing in mind that we have established that in Iron Man and Partridge, when he takes Jill, his lover for Valentine's Day, to the Owl Sanctuary, yeah, it is in fact Eagle's Heights. Yeah, this means that Vic Reeves has become Alan Partridge. <laughs> Do you know what? You make a very good point. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Or, do, or apparently that maybe comedy greats love Eagle Heights. Yeah. Which is equally depressing. I wonder if he realised that that's where maybe he was going on a pilgrimage. Yeah, possibly. The Northern Funny Man who told jokes... Northern and, Funny Man. These phrases are terrible. I know. Who told jokes and posed with the animals admitted that the last time he visited Eagle Heights was 10 years ago. <laughs> so obviously a frequent visitor then. Around the time when Alan Parch... Well, no. Alan Parch was a lot longer ago. Yeah, it feels yeah. like 10 years to me, but it was longer. It, yeah. Which is scary. When was that? When was the first year? Of well, it wasn't at the end. It was late 1990s. Late, probably, yeah, late 1999. Kind of yeah, thing. that makes sense. God, that makes me feel old. Before, before this new millennium of shit. Also a good episode title. Yeah. Um, Eagle Heights manager, Chris uh, Belzy. Could we have post-election new millennium of shit? Yeah, I'm, I'm, possibly. I think <laughs> iTunes may have an issue with that. Um, oh, yeah. So Eagle Heights manager, Chris Belsley said, We've had a few celebrities coming to Eagle Heights. We don't go harassing them. We like to give them some space, peace and quiet. Vic Reeves was happy to have his photos taken, which is great. We don't like to bombard celebrities, but obviously it can be nice to see them, especially when they, they come up and say they like what we've done. Uh, Mr. Bell, said the Crystal Palace keeper, uh, Julian Sprani, is that right? I don't know. Oh, uh, has oh yeah, 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 I yeah. think that's right. Um, has previously visited as well as professional dance player pub landlord Andy the Viking Fordham. Who? Oh. Uh, he listens. He's uh, he's like eight times. Minutes. Does it say that? What does it say? I'm sure he's like eight times professional dart champion. He lives in um, Stoke on Trent. Right. And as well, a pub, I thought it was only ever Phil the Power Taylor the one darts. Oh yes, yeah, so yeah, you're right. It's Phil the Power Taylor. Yeah. I'm getting confused. Sorry. Uh, Andy, I think he's all with long hair. Andy, Andy Fordham. Rob. Anyway, that's the end of the story, Alex. Any comments? No, sadly not. Right. What does Steve think about it? Well, Steve goes back to his email and just uh, says, um, I wait with bated breaths, I'm sure you do, to see if Kayla will raise from the current financial financial flames like a phoenix. Like a phoenix rising from the Eagle Heights ashes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of think that even Vic Reeves can't save Eagle Heights. I, I hope well, he does. Especially as he wasn't officially promoting it. No, he, he just, just there literally with his turned up. Yeah. He was just there with his kids. I mean, of all the places to go... Oh, well, I wonder if he read about the cheetah attack. Presumably he didn't, because otherwise he'd realise it's a death, potential death trap. Yeah, I think, that's a, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Well, on that note, Rob, we need to bring 
episode 140 this is wow to wow. a close so you know what we have to do now Rob and that's say goodbye to episode 140 bye Rob bye bye can I have a hug yeah sure I think that's fair thank you I'm just going to take your fun away each week <laughs> can we make love before I go bye <laughs> bye then <laughs> So now you've killed this enjoyment for me, Rob. You do realise I'm going to have to move on to something else because... Hopefully so, Al. Hopefully you, so. You've, you've adopted the tactic that we're all told about at school that when somebody's bullying you over, you just ignore them and they get bored. And that has now worked because now I can't really think of anywhere to go with it. Good. Um, but bye, Rob. Yeah, see ya. Bye-bye. And on that note, then, Rob, <laughs> we say goodbye to episode 140, you oh, bastard. I hate you. Can we go with you? We say goodbye to episode 140. Uh, as we look ever more forward, Rob, like a man or a group of a group of apparently very large men, they speculated, pulling up at a railway bridge in the dead of night and slinging a fridge freezer <laughs> over the bridge. That mental image is actually quite comical. Uh, yeah, yeah, which then explodes upon impacts, yeah. leading to us, leading to them getting scared, jumping into the car and speeding off. Um, just like that, Rob, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode 141. And what I would say to anybody out there who is depressed about the election results like us, all we can do, Rob, is just continue to try and live decent, compassionate lives. To anybody who's happy about the election result, well, that is that is your choice. But um, you may live to regret the decision you made on Friday. Um, <laughs> and maybe stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> I have to be sad. Let's face it, if, if they're still listening after all this time, I'd be surprised. <laughs> maybe they're very balanced individuals who don't mind a slightly left-wing point of view. Well, that's fine. I can, I can appreciate that. From most of the toy voters I've met, that's not the case. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, thanks for listening. And thank you to Steve for getting in contact. Thank you for... Ky- I think Kyber submitted a story as well. Ky- yeah, so, Kyber submitted stories. Shane submitted stories. I think we've had someone from Craig as well. And, Vir- and uh, of course, Parker. Yeah, and Parker as well. And Virginia, our international listener. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, know we have single- others. We know we have others, but he's the only one who's in contact. So good to hear from you, Parker. Friend of the show. And we look forward to your story when Rob gets around to reading it out. Yeah. God bless. And keep it local. Oh.